We're not going to wait on Jim and Mary Lou today. We're just not going to wait on them. Because they're in Florida. They're just not going to make it today. They're trying to make it down there. Praise God. Well, we're racing through the books of the Bible and let's have a word of prayer and get started today. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word together. Father, we need the strength that comes from your word. We need guidance and direction. We need illumination. We need to know uh, that you're in this with us. And we're not in it by ourselves. We ask for your touch upon your word today. Send the Holy Spirit to, to speak it to our hearts and speak truth. And we ask, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Turn, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. We had so much good stuff in the 1 Thessalonians, I needed to take a, another week to look at 2 Thessalonians. And uh, I'm going to be reading uh, chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1, all the way to verse 12. It gives you a hint of some of the stuff that's going on right at that moment in Thessalonica. It wasn't in the future they were going to face trouble. They had trouble right now. Paul, Silvanius, that's Silas, uh, in case you're wondering, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you. Uh, let me read it without the comma. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds, y'all abounds, toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God. You may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoa. That's the reason I wanted to read all 12 verses, because I needed the exercise. A lot of good stuff in there. Last week we started on Thessalonians, 
and uh, 1 Thessalonians, and we found that even at that early stage of Paul's ministry, in the early stages of the church, uh, the first letter to Thessalonians is believed to be one of the earliest letters of Paul. We can't prove it, but just from some of the things that are going on, it was one of the earliest letters of Paul. And he's dealing with the fact that this is a group of believers. They're born again. They're following the Lord Jesus. They're worshiping the King. But they're under persecution. They are righteous. He's bragging about them to others, it says. And yet, the enemy, through the leadership, is persecuting them, and they are suffering great tribulation and affliction. It's important always to remember, child of God, your salvation does not give you immunity to the attacks of the evil one. It is not a sign that you've lost out with God because you're going through bad stuff. Now, if you're going through bad stuff because of your own stupidity, <clears throat> that's another thing. Amen? How many of you have gone through some bad stuff because you were stupid? <laughs> you, know? okay. you did some dumb things. You made some dumb decisions. My hand stays up all the way through this. Because I do some of the stupidest things. You know, I, I, I do some dumb things and get myself into situations. I agree to do things that my mind says, yeah, you can do that. My body says, you idiot, you can't do that. You know, and uh, I get messed myself up with that. But uh, some people falsely teach that if you're a believer, you're a Christian, and you're going through trouble, that that means you're not right with God. How many of you were ever around that kind of teaching? I was around that kind of teaching. And read those kind of books, and heard those kind of evangelists, and, and uh, if you're not careful, it can really eat at you on the inside. Well, Pastor, aren't you a person of faith? Yes, I am. Aren't you a person who trusts God? Yes, I do. But so is Paul. Now, can you point out a few things that Paul went through? Even though he was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, called one-on-one -on -one with, with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Uh, what are some of the things Paul went through? The author of this letter. He was shipwrecked on a couple of occasions. He was beaten on numerous occasions. Bit by a poisonous viper. He's in prison all the time. I mean, you know, he's got frequent prisoner miles. He, he's in prison all the time. Shipwrecked. Stoned to death, remember? He was stoned. Uh, he had... The Roman lash laid across his back 39 stripes several times. You say, well, oh, they just whipped him. Well, no, you don't understand the Roman whipping of 39 stripes. 
It is their goal to tear your flesh to ribbons. That's what they did to Jesus. Amen? Am I remember what's on the edge of the leather straps of the whip of the Romans? Either Roman shards of Roman glass or metal fish hooks. Didn't Tom look at you like that once? What? Didn't Tom look at you like that once? Yeah, Tom did that to me one time. <laughs> I was I was doing Christ on the road to Golgotha, and I'd gone over with these boys. I'd gone over with these people. <coughs> now, there's a way to whip somebody <laughs> that doesn't do that to them. And if you go across the back of Jesus when he's got a cross, and you hit more cross than you hit Jesus... It doesn't hurt as bad. And the other thing, the other thing, and Tom did this, and John Slavey did this, and Mark Williams did this to me. All of them did this. I said, whatever you do, hit, hit hard with it, but don't pull up short and let that thing do that. Don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. Guess what? They did that. They did that. I think it was Slavey that got me in the face. John Slavey got me in the face and turned my head around like this way and gave me a crick in the neck for the rest of the drama. I, I, I think it was Mark that hit me so hard I went down and cracked my thumb on the pew. Uh, and I, I was, I was screaming. I, I practiced with him. And Emery was upstairs, a little type of a thing, and she squeal, squeal, hit my grandpa. <laughs> I wanted her there that Sunday, <laughs> but she was in the children's church. <laughs> but the design of the Roman whip was to make stripes across your back where they would peel the flesh away. Oh, good Lord. And Paul had that on several occasions. Was Paul a godly man? Yes. yes, he was. Was he right with God? Yes, he was. Was he filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes, he was. Was he saved and headed towards heaven? Yes, he was. But that doesn't stop the devil from attacking. And when you read the in the letter of Hebrews, when it talks about all of the things that the saints went through, and he says, and the people that did it to him weren't, they weren't worthy to undo their sandals. I mean, these were godly men and women dipped in oil, lit up, uh, alive, torn asunder by, by lions and tigers, hit with uh, swords and spears used for target practice in Thessalonica. And yet they were righteous. But there's people that want to twist the gospel of Jesus Christ to fit their own means. <coughs> you and I may suffer for Christ. Mm -hmm. We pray that it does not happen in our lifetime, but there's all kind of, there's a persecution going on that's uh, <coughs> going on in a silent way right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, but here we find Paul in the middle of his first letter 
And then here in the second letter, he's trying to encourage the people of Thessalonica who are already at this early stage, like about 45 AD, undergoing persecutions. The persecutions in Thessalonica were greater than the ones going on in Rome itself. And uh, it just got worse and worse and worse. And it became kind of the poster child for persecution. You know, they, other cities began to say, well, let's, let's, let's do what the Thessalonians are doing to those Christians. And Paul is, is dealing with this. This is a hot spot for persecution. It was an affluent society. An affluent society and uh, all kinds of business and everything. And you know Christianity is bad for some businesses. Idol worshipers and, and uh, things like that. And Christianity is really bad for some businesses that are drunkenness and revelry and prostitution and everything else. They want to get rid of the Christians because we speak up. We, well, we're supposed to speak up against things like that. Don't get me started on the next election. <laughs> the next balloting time. You've seen those awful lying commercials <clears throat> about issue one. Yeah. Now, in the summer, we voted on issue one and we wanted to vote yes. That was to keep it as a part of our Constitution. Now, we've got to vote no because they've got, they got enough votes to uh, do that. If we didn't do our job before, we better do it now. Yeah. And they're, they're painting the picture of you know, well, it's a terrible thing. Uh, it's about our faith. Have you seen that commercial? They show a picture praying, you know. Yes, we, 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 you know, it's about our faith. The government should not interfere in our personal matters. We, we have the right to kill the unborn. You know, we have the right. You know. It's inconvenient if we have to go out of state to do it, you know. We'd like to have it close to home. And, uh, just so unbelievably evil. And they haven't started the ads yet for marijuana. They're trying to keep that on the lowdown uh, so they just forget about it and say, oh, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. They want to legalize marijuana uh, for recreational use. I don't know what recreation is about it. Oh, you're in training to be a druggie. That's the recreation. You're in training to get hooked on something harder. And the government's going to make money off of it. They did it with booze. The state gets a portion of every drop of liquor that's intoxicating the drunk driver. And they're not going to take it away. Okay, back on, back on. That's a form of persecution, my friends, that's going on right now. If we are people of faith, real faith in God and His Word, uh, we're going to come under it. It's going to get nasty in this election. So, it was a hot spot. Thessalonians was a hot spot. The first principle we want to deal with in praying today is the importance of praying for those who are going through it.
not just overseas where there's radical persecution going on, but where there's persecution going on more subtly and yet real against standing up for Christian standards and virtues and for the gospel. You see, people are going through it right now. Some of you are going through it right now. Bad things are happening. The enemy is behind it. It's not because you did something stupid. It's because you did something right. And we need to have the right mindset and heart set to go through this stuff and not get messed up by it. Yes. Uh, it, uh, I have this bush at the house. I don't know. We, we planted it, I'm sure. And it, it, it flows out over my, my sidewalk. And I've tried to tie it back and it doesn't work. It's so strong it bursts the shackles that I put it in. And I went out Sunday morning to come to church. And I had my, my jacket on and my slacks. And, and I, I walked by that thing. I didn't, I didn't mean to, but just walking by it, I was accosted <laughs> by stuff from that bush. And it was all, I mean, I looked, this whole, this was kind of a maroon color. This was all white with the pollen and stuff from this. Now, I didn't, I didn't want that pollen on my suit. I didn't want it on my jacket. But there it was. And I spent the whole trip here from my house, and I dodged other things. I, I got in trouble with, almost ran a light, and and uh, almost exceeded the speed limit and all kinds of things because I'm trying to get all that stuff that I didn't want on there off of there. Illustration. You may have not done anything wrong. You may be walking right with Christ, but just living in this world, yes, stuff comes against you. Yes, sir and attaches itself to you. Mm -hmm. And you can be trying to get rid of it and have an accident, you know, while you're trying to do that. You can get messed up by those things. And Paul is talking to the Thessalonians. He doesn't want them, even though they're, they're righteous and he brags about them, he doesn't want them to be so caught up by what's happening to them that they are compromised and they are off course and, and falling prey to this. It is easy when you're going through stuff, I'd like a witness on this, to get better. Yes. Is it easy to get better when you're going through stuff? You didn't have a thing to do with it, but down deep, oh, why do they make me do something about this. You know, it, uh, I didn't do this to them, you know, and they're lashing back, whether it's, you know, taking your granddaughter and finding out that they've been smoking marijuana around her. It's easy to get bitter. It's easy to get upset. It's easy to want revenge against those who are doing this to you. It's all I can do. When, when I, this is on, I better 
can't encode this one. Uh, when, when we had the mayor here for the uh, seek and save day, it was all some of the pastors could do to not strangle him. It, it, it just took great restraint. Because here's the person, I'm here for every every child. Okay, how about the unborn children? How about, are, are you for the child that's shooting police officers? Are you for them? Never mind. But, but it's easy to say, I just like to smack them down. How many of you have ever thought how good it would feel oh, yeah. to just... <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you had interactive TV? Yeah. How many of you have ever streamed at your TV set? I'm the only one. Okay, okay, a couple. I've streamed at my TV set. Well, I stream at the ball game, and they don't hear me. They don't listen. But, but you see some of these goofballs on there. It's easy to become bitter. A loud amen if you've ever gotten a little bitter about it. Yes. It's easy to want revenge. I just, I have half a mind to go, yeah. It's easy to want to seek vindication. I'm tired of being the blunt of their jokes and their behavior and taking it on the chin and all the slanted news. We Christians, Bible-believing Christians, are taking it on the chin, folks, yeah. in the media. We're a bunch of idiots. And it's easy to want vindication. Paul is talking to a group of godly believers in Thessalonica that are in the midst of extreme persecution and tribulation, beatings, and, and nobody says anything about it. I don't know. Some of you have been to the uh, Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial the Museum. And any of you been to the one in D.C., Washington, D.C.? Oh, my goodness. And one of the beginnings of the attack on the Jewish people by Hitler's Nazi forces was the night of broken glass where they went through a Jewish community and every single shop the police stood and watched as young people took stones and broke every storefront window and went in and looted everything in there watching watches, jewelry, artwork, whatever, and the police just stood there. And they've got the photo. They're just standing there watching them with a smile on their face. It's easy to want to smack that smile off of their face, isn't it? I got anybody upset yet? <laughs> just try Well, for a good example is the booty. They just go in there and get what they want out of stores. Show yeah. <laughs> one guy had a group TV, couldn't hardly lift it. Yeah. And of course the police say, Well that that won't make it more 
say, well, we caught a few of them. Yeah. And, uh, well, even now, uh, found out that it's store policy in many of the stores. If you see someone shoplifting, don't do anything. Because they don't want the bad press of a shooting or or something happening that other people would be injured, so just, okay. Guess who's going to pay for that TV that went out the door? Everybody else is going to pay for that. No, Sam's Club will just say, oh, we'll, we'll handle it. No, they're not. I'm getting myself upset here. I, I, I don't see the invitation anymore. Move on, Patrick. Okay, I better move right on. Paul is talking to them, and first of all, in our scripture that we read today, he's letting them know this is the real, this is really happening. I acknowledge you're going through it. Don't try to. Uh, if you're dealing with somebody that the enemy is just attacking, you know it's not a stupid decision they've made, but it's attacking the enemy. Don't try to tell them, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, that it's okay. It, no, no problem, no problem. God well, God. it is a problem. Amen. Amen. Have you ever had somebody talk you off, try to talk you off the ledge? You're upset about something? Well, you know, it's not that. Well, yes, it is. Paul's saying, I'm not talking you out of it. You are under persecution. People are after you. You are suffering. You are being terrorized by the people for your faith. It's not because you've done something bad. It's because your faith in Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel, people don't like that because it reminds them of their sin. And they get really angry. He says, you know, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You turn the light, the searchlight of God's word on it, and they're going to want to put the light out. Amen? Mm -hmm. Now the world says, hide it under a bushel. But the old song says, hide it under a bushel. No! no. I'm going to let it shine. It's funny watching the... the, the Senior Citizen Center at the nursing home. Marsha leads them in that song and they're adamant about it. No! I don't know. No! The, the ones that are awake, you know. <laughs> but uh, the, when the light comes on, you don't deny the reality of the persecution. Paul steps right in and he's Speaking by the, from the Holy Spirit's perspective, what you're going through is real. Don't let somebody, well, no, it's not that bad. What would you say to the person that says, well, you know, it, you know, the political scene and the, the laws and the crime, it's, it's really not that bad. You're on the right side. Who, who would, what would you say to them? Which is it? Oh, okay. It must be me. That's what the enemy wants you to think. It's about you. Why do they always say, well, don't worry about it. God's up. Not everything I under. Well, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Nothing bad can happen to you. God's, uh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. 
Well, you know, when Jesus comes back or when I die and go to be with him, it'll be just fine. But Paul doesn't do that. He doesn't say, there, there, it's okay. No, he says, you're really going through it. What does that do to the person who's really going through it? What, what does that say to them? Knife in the heart. No, no. No, no, I'm saying, if you say you are going through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yes. that lets them know they're not going nuts. By yes. Yes. Have you ever felt like you're just going crazy? Yes. 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 <laughs> Any other hands? Just me. Okay. Am I nuts or what? What's going on here? Paul is affirming it's really happening to you. You're not imagining it. It's not. You're not obsessing over it. You're really under persecution. I mean, have you ever had family things where where people in your family don't want you around because you might share something about Jesus? Have you ever experienced that? I was talking to one brother the other day, and he says, "Yep." Yeah. He says, "I was uninvited to a family birthday get together. They want me to come set up the chairs and the tables." <laughs> and then they want me to leave. Because all I do is talk about God. And they want, he says, I'm not going to set up the tables because they're just going to put booze on it. I'm just not going to do it. And uh, his wife said, uh, well, if he's not welcome, I'm not welcome. This, oh, no, we want you there. You have to be there. This is that. that. We just don't want him. <laughs> Because he's going to talk about God, or just his presence will convict them. Yeah. Yeah, and I right. says, "Okay, brother, don't talk about God." Says, what does it talk about, Jesus? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, take it personal. But but this happens. I remember not being invited to things because they wanted to do things or watch things or do things that new pastor was not going to be happy with. Classic time. I had just gone to be the pastor at Massillon, Ohio. And they had a whole bunch of, of young marriage, young families and everything. And, and one of the guys had a cabin out in the out in the wild, and we were going to have an overnighter. Uh, it was a two-story thing, and the girls were upstairs, and the guys were downstairs, and we would take walks, and it was in the fall of the year, and it was beautiful, and and uh, so we, we went on this walk, and when we got back, we've got the, the fireplace going, and everybody's sitting around, and uh, some of the guys are a little on the practical joker side, and uh, one of the guys, he, uh, Brother Shaner, he pulls out, looks like a fifth of whiskey, sets it on the table. I didn't say anything. I was, I was just about ready to emotion. Shut up. I got this. So I'm just sitting there. And uh, Mr. Shaner's sitting there, and he said, What? What? You know, I don't care. I'm going to take a drink of this. And everybody said, what are you doing? Everybody's looking at him like, yeah. you don't drink. Crazy. 
I'm a Marine, I used to drink, and I, I feel like I need a drink. I just sat there. It's okay, okay, okay. He says, it's like fiery darts coming at my head. I, I found this bottle, and I put some iced tea in it, and I'm just mess. I just want to see what the new pastor would do. He says, I just can't take it. I just, I, you know. And uh, so the, just the fiery stares. I didn't say a word. The Holy Spirit already took care of it. He never did that to me again. <laughs> but he talked about it many times. I can't believe I did that. It's just, everybody in the room is saying, what in the world are you doing? If it's our new pastor. What are you doing? The, uh, some people don't want the righteous around. Because their deeds are evil. Get used to it. How many of you, maybe this has never happened to you, how many of you have been not invited to things because they knew you would bring bring with you your standards? Yes. How's that feel? Oh, you get over it, but it still hurts, doesn't it? still hurts. You know, but you say, well... There's all kinds of persecution. Don't deny its reality. Paul does not deny its reality. I think this is important. Paul is not, uh, you know, some life coach guru. Oh, you need to turn loose of the negativity. And don't focus on that. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. No, Paul says, they're really hurting you. They're really after you. It's real. See, if it's just all in your head, it's your problem, right? Paul says, it's real. It's happening. I'm not, I'm not. And then he commends them for their faith in the midst of it. They're still serving the Lord in the midst of it. One second. <sighs> that was a real sneeze. It wasn't a fake sneeze. Um, he commends them for in the midst of this, they're still hanging in there with their faith. They haven't given up on it. They haven't compromised. And then he goes on, the next thing he's, he's saying, you, you kept your faith amidst all these trials. And then he gives them some great advice. He said, God will handle them. You may not get to see it, but God's going to handle it. Turn it over to Him. Turn it over to Him. Your focus cannot be on them or they win. If you're just seething with anger and rage and you want revenge and all, and you're plotting. How many of you ever plotted? You know what I'm, I have a half a mind to tell them. Next time I see you, I'm gonna. My hands up. You guys are all too spiritual. <laughs> you're, you're too spiritual for this lesson. You, you've already got it down right. I, I, I'm, I'm just obviously just teaching to me, but I need it. He said, "God's gonna get them. God's gonna handle this. They're not gonna get away with it forever." Amen. You fixing your attention and all your act energy on them is not going to get them their due any quicker. And if you try to take matters into your own hands, what's going to happen? 
Remember when Moses did that? Moses has just found out he's been raised in the palace of Pharaoh by Pharaoh's daughter and his mom. And his mom lets it slip. Well, actually, you're a Jew. What? Yeah. Tells him the whole story of the bulrushes and the basket and all the rest. And so what does Moses do next time he's out and he sees the, the Egyptians whipping his countrymen? What's he do? He kills a guy. He kills him. He kills a guy. Now that really settled it right there, didn't it? The children of Israel were all free and everybody was happy and there was no more slavery because uh, he killed one of them. What happened? He had to run for his life. He's on the backside of the desert. He's lost everything. And uh, God had to get his attention. When we take vengeance, it can put us in a bad position where we've expressed our rage and our anger and we've not allowed God to handle it. Yes, the temptation is there. Amen? Yeah. Temptation is there. I, I think the hardest thing is, maybe we can stand it, but when we see our, our kids. Yeah, our kids and grandkids, when they when they go after the kids. It's too much. Uh, you know. As a pastor, I had, I had some ranger leaders that were after my son years ago. And... and Linda had to call me down. I was ready to bury a few <laughs> ranger leaders and in their own tent. So I was going to, it was a very intense meeting. But no, I, never mind. But, uh, yeah. Then what is righteous indignation? Because I get a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Righteously indignant is different than taking action on it. Paul is giving them a perspective that we need, obviously. <laughs> because it upsets us. Paul's saying, he's not saying, oh, get over it. Take a chill pill. Does Paul say that? No. He says, it's real. What's happening to you is real. That relative that doesn't want to look you in the eyes anymore because you've witnessed to them, it's real. That situation that flew by you and went to somebody who would play the company line, it's real. But he said, you keep hanging in there with faith and you turn it over to God. God is going to settle the things. He's going to handle your, your persecution. Uh, look at verse 7 and 8. Go read that for us. I haven't had to read much today. Who will read verse 7 and 8? I got it. You got it? Chapter 1. Chapter one. We're still in chapter 1. We haven't gone any further. <laughs> and to you who are troubled, rest with us. Uh, and to you who... Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
that's pretty graphic. How many of you can uh, do the fire thing? You know? How many of you can just, uh, how many of you wanted to? Oh Lord, give me the power to nail them with a lightning bolt. I'd just like to, how about a little earthquake over here? That'll shoot. Uh, but the Lord can do that kind of stuff. He will event, take flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God has the ability to handle those, whereas we do not. If we get our sights set on vindicating ourselves, where has our sight moved from? From God and serving Him. We've taken a detour. How many of you are a real big fan of detours? What are some of your bad experiences about detours? Get lost. Huh? Get lost. Get lost. Get lost. Trying to get there the original way, never mind the detour. Yeah, yeah, have trouble getting there. When they when they start messing with 104, it's a, it's a bad day in the kingdom, isn't it? Especially when you got a companion that don't like to get lost. And but but we won't keeps, we won't say that, will we? We won't say that. No. If you were to say that, that would have been a bad move on your part. No. It's a good thing she didn't hear what you just said. It's a good thing she was paying attention to you so you're, 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 you're about that close to this <laughs> night. It makes me furious. There's not she, much of it. Yeah, detours yeah. make him furious. Especially when he and, and Especially when he... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll scoot this a little closer. <laughs> detours. What are some other things that detours do to you? It's time consuming. Yeah. You start looking at your watch. Oh, I, I left in plenty of time, but I'm not going to have plenty of time now. Get anxious. Yeah. Get anxious. How many of you have ever sped in your car because the detour was taking too long yeah. to get a okay, get some honest testimonies going on here? How many of you realize that the people who put up the detour signs to guide you don't know what in the world they're doing? Well, am I supposed to turn here or down there? Yeah. You know, uh, Detours. When we detour away from our focus on the Lord and His work, and in the middle of the trials, and we focus on the trials rather than what we're there for, the detour brings frustration, not joy. And Paul's talking to a bunch of frustrated believers who are living for the Lord, serving the Lord, and he's trying to give them counsel. He says, I'm not telling you it's not real. That's stupid. That's just dumb. And yet, that's the modus of today. That's the operation of today's counseling. It's not really, you know. Why do you see it as a problem? Because it is. You know. And Paul's saying, you're not going crazy. It really is a persecution against you. 
people really don't like you. <laughs> now, that, you're not allowed to say that anymore. You know that? You're not allowed to oh suggest that you don't love everybody or that people are against you. Oh, why? Do you have a persecution complex? <laughs> Paul is saying, you don't have a persecution complex. You're not going Looney Tunes. You really are under persecution. The media is really out to distort your mind. The leadership really is out to put a control on your lives. You're not, you're not Looney Tunes. You're not crazy. It's really happening. But while it's happening, you keep your focus on what you're to be about, serving Jesus Christ. God will handle them. Don't you detour off and put all your attention on those things. Have you ever met some people that they get off track because they're trying to deal with things rather than serve God and just go on? I've watched people that they get so hung up by these things, they just lose all focus. God has not called us to just solve every problem. There's some problems. We're like Moses. Well, I think I'll solve that problem. Yeah, that one problem. You created a bunch more. He's saying, your persecution is real, church. It really is happening. You're not losing it. You're not going crazy. It's real. But I want to commend you for holding the course. For serving the Lord, keeping your faith, even when these trials are hitting you right and left. And I want to let you know a couple more things. God's going to handle it. Oh, you may not see it. Don't sit down and put a clock on it. How many of you, well, maybe nobody will admit this to, to this. You know, Lord, if you don't handle it by then, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. No, you, none of you are that unspiritual like me. But I'm going to give it to this, and then I'm going to. Lord, I'm, I'm giving you fair warning. Like he's scared of my warning. You know, Lord, you know if 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 they come in the room, I'm going to I'm going to tell them. I'm I'm going to tell them. The Lord's just saying. King, king. <laughs> You've lost your focus. You've lost your focus. Uh, and then when I finally hear from God, he's saying, let it go. I'll handle it. I may not get to see it. It may not be handled the way I'd like to handle it with fire from heaven. A lightning bolt. <laughs> All four tires flat on their car that tried to cut me off. I, 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 it may not be handled the way I'd like to. It, it may not be them coming in and oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've wronged you. I've, I've hurt you. I've done very bad things. I'm so sorry. You're probably never going to get that. The guy with the whip is like, oh, here, hit me. I, I'm sorry. Paul said, God will handle it. Not in your time. In his time. You keep focusing on one key thing. Jesus is coming Hallelujah. again. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. And look out for your redemption drop night. That's what we preached last week. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you missed it. If you missed it, I would encourage you. I'm not, I don't get any bonus points for this, but I would encourage you. I believe it was a message God oh, had for his church last Sunday. Uh, go on and <coughs> lift up your heads. How that Jesus just kept one after another. They're getting gut punched. Your temple's going to be gone. You're going to be persecuted. You know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. False teachings, false Christ, whatever. But when you see these things start to happen, quit looking at them and start looking up because mm -hmm. you're that much closer to the coming of Jesus. So the prayer that Paul and Silas and Timothy are praying for them is in verse 11. Look there. Therefore, based upon this, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be lights in the darkness. So how do we pray? for people that are going through it. It may be on the other side of the world. We've talked before about persecuted believers. And we need to be praying for them. And we need to be praying for them to keep their focus amid all the things. Don't say all that they wake up and realize it's not real. It's real. But if they focus on the persecution, they'll miss the testimony of what they're supposed to be doing. They're to be the light in a dark place. They're in a dark place so they can be a light. If you notice that if you turn out all the lights in this room, a single solitary candle, I was going to light it, but I lost my candle. But if I had, you know, some days it's just that way, you know. And you plan and you plan and my candle's dry. But one tiny light in a room with all the lights on, you would not have noticed it. But if all the lights are out, and it's the only light in the room, it becomes extremely obvious. And we live in a dark world, dark, full of sin, and just one light. What difference can I make? You can make a big difference. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. It's a, it's an important thing to be that light of Jesus Christ, and it shines brighter in a dark place. So Paul is praying for them that they would be a light in a dark place. And that's how we need to pray for our brothers and sisters. That they would keep their focus and that we would keep our focus. Not so much on what's happening to us. Yes, we need to acknowledge that it's real. Amen? It's real. Acknowledge it. Don't ever try to play down 
what somebody's going through. Well, you think that's something. I've had a bigger problem than yours. How, what does that help? <laughs> Have you ever had somebody do that? Well, you think that's a problem, but we hear what I've got. And as if them having a bigger problem makes their problem not so big. But I, I hear conversations. Anybody want to share? And, you know, you know what I'm talking about here. Have you ever had people that do that? I was yeah. talking about mine where when he went to Maui, he told her how what he went through and how much how, what they yeah. compared to what they went through. Yeah, he lost his cat. <laughs> his cat in the fire. Yeah. He'd be blushing <laughs> he and everything. You think that's something. You, know, you think that's something. Uh, what does that do to the person that you're talking with? They're a believer. They're a Christian. And they're having a lot of bad stuff go on. And for you to say, well, you, that's nothing compared to what I got. I'm going through. You sharing your horror story with them. What does that do? Uh, for them. Makes them feel worse. Well, you both fall off the bridge. They, 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 they feel worse, you know. Yeah. You're, you're both discouraged. You're not lifted up at all. Do you think Paul could have gone to the Thessalonians and said, you think what you're going through is tough? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you here, buddy. You ever had a snake bite on your hand? <laughs> you know. Why do you think of Look at my back. He could have shown him his back and told him how many times his Okay, you they hurt you. Yeah. They stoned me to death. I was laying there dead. Dead and dead. And there I was. Laying there dead. People got around praying and God raised me up because he couldn't do without me. <laughs> you see, me downplaying what you're going through does not make it any less of what you're going through. But that's the that's the philosophy of today. You're supposed to talk people into realize, oh, you don't have a problem. And uh, your problem's not that big. It's not that real. Well, it's real to me. Real to me. Simple illustration. I, I, over, I actually overheard this. A person had lost a pet. A pet had passed away. And they were feeling really down about it. How many of you ever lost a, a pet? And you just... Yeah. Uh, part of the family. Yeah. And that person said, Well, I lost a brother-in-law once. Now... <laughs> what do you say to that? You know, well, what I'd like to say, you stupid fool, what are you talking about? Weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn. Encourage them. That I know that that's a real pain. That really hurts. Hurts deep. And let them vent a little bit. Don't say it didn't. I've got a worse hurt than you've got. That doesn't help anybody. Paul could have done that, but he didn't. I mean, he 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 had a lot of things come against him, but he didn't let it enter into his conversation here. The Holy Spirit was guiding him. No, you you empathize. It's real. But you've kept your faith in Jesus Christ. You still got a smile on your face. 
It may be painted on. It may not be real from down deep, but you're still trying to serve the Lord. Praise God. And God's, God's going to touch that. And Jesus is coming. No. Not, don't belittle somebody's pain. That's right. Paul doesn't do that. He gives us good advice here. God will handle the persecutors and Jesus is coming again. Amen. Amen. Jesus is coming again. Uh, I set some hymnals around. Grab a hymnal if you would, please. Didn't say we'd sing it. I just said grab a hymnal. Grab a hymnal. Well, you know, somebody went to all the work. You go. Let's see. Those are the ones. Yep, those are the ones I put there this morning. Yeah, put them right there on the uh, on your uh, table there. There you go. Everybody got one handy? There's some down there. There's some over there. Would you start looking up some of the great old songs about the fact that Jesus is coming again? We may not get to the second point, but that's okay. That's okay. I marked some of them down. I'll tell you where a good place to start. One of my favorites. When you turn to 144 in the brown, 144 in the brown, I think it's also in the white, but I don't know what page it's on. 144, we shall see the king. Oh, that's a good There's a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. It may be evening, morning, night, or noon. The wedding of the bride united with the groom. And we shall see the king when he comes. Oh, we shall see the king. We shall see the king. We shall see the king when he comes. He's coming in power. We'll hail the blessed hour. We shall see the king when he comes. Oh, my brother, are you ready for the call? Can I hear an answer? Yes. You ready for the call? Yes. Yeah. Crown your Savior, King and Lord of all. All the kingdoms of this world shall soon before him fall. And we shall see the King when he comes. Oh, we shall see the King. Oh, we shall see the King. We shall see the King when he comes. Well, he's coming in power. We'll hail the blessed hour. We shall see the king when he comes. That helps me. I don't know if it helps you. Can you find some other songs? 143. 143 is good too. He's coming again. But I don't know that one. You gonna lead it out, Tom? No, I just saw the title. You just saw the title. It's, it's a great song. I just don't know it. Uh, look at one forty-five. When the trump of the great archangel is 
genocide? I can't even read it. They, they, they lowered the print level on this thing. Changed it, we'll go to the chorus. Changed in the twinkling of an eye. Changed in the twinkling of an eye. Trumpets shall sound, the dead shall be raised. Changed in the twinkling of an eye. Boom. How about 140, huh? Remember the song, We Shall Behold Him? Oh, yeah, but I'm going to try that one. <laughs> I can't sing it, but I mean. Okay, well, yeah, it's a great song. Awesome. I sang that as a duet one time in a in a uh, area-wide crusade. Oh, my goodness gracious. I had this gal that had a high soprano voice, like Sandy Batty. Oh, my goodness gracious. It'll just put goose bubbles on, on your goose bubbles. 148 in the brown book. Marvelous message we bring. Glorious carol we sing. Wonderful word of the King. Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon, coming again, coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Somebody with a voice would be even 150. better. 150. You mentioned we sang that Sunday morning. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do when you get to the chorus? Oh. Sing and shout the victory. Yeah. Shout the victory. Okay. Not to shout. Shout! <laughs> Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. Oh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout. Gotta sing the chorus one more time.
say, well, what does that have to do? Well, the last verse tells the story. We got dinner reservations. Amen? Amen. And the wedding supper of the Lamb. How many of you know this one? Boy, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's, an old, it's an old one. Any, anybody over 25 on the mountain? Goes like this. You can pick right up. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. The second line. With his manna he does feed and supplies our every need. Oh, it is sweet to sup with Jesus every time. Oh, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. You fed the multitude, turned the water into wine. To the hungry call it thou, come and dine. Third verse, soon the lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the host of heaven will assemble be. Oh, twill be a glorious sight, all the saints in spotless white. And with Jesus they will be eternally. Amen. Oh, come and die, the Master calleth. Come and die. Whether you may be said Jesus stable all the time. He who fed the multitude, turned the water into wine. Do the hungry call it now. Come and die. Oh, that's a old one. Thank you. So Paul is telling them. What you're going through is real. When you run into somebody, a believer, that's going through it. Now, if it's an unbeliever, there's a different track that we take because they might be there because of something stupid they've done. But when we're talking, I'm talking about believers here. As Paul's talking to the believers in Thessalonica. It's real. Don't downplay it. But don't fixate on it either. It's real. But you're keeping your faith. Amen. You're, you're, you know, we're praying for you to keep your faith and keep going even though it's real and the persecution is real. Don't you worry about trying to get that even with them. Don't get detoured on the path of revenge. Right. God, he can do it a whole lot better than you can. He's going to take care of it for you. You just focus on the fact that Jesus is coming again. And when the bridegroom comes, you want to be focused on doing what the bridegroom told you to do while he was gone, preparing a place for you. Real quick. One last prayer principle. See, if we get angry and vengeful and mean-spirited, our testimony is out the window. Praying against deceptions. Real quickly. The deception that was going on here in Thessalonica, they had some of these whack jobs that uh, were coming from other places that we have abundance of today. And uh, say, you missed it. Christ already came back. You're left behind. You were good enough to go. We're living in his millennial reign. There are people that actually teach that today. And people believe it. The kingdom now people 
It's a huge movement. They don't call themselves that, but they're saying, yeah, this is, we're living in the presence of the Lord. It's just going to get better and better and better. <laughs> Deception. Oh, it's getting better and better, isn't it? It's getting better and better. And uh, they had some of the Thessalonians believe they'd missed Jesus. That he wasn't coming back for them. That this is as good as it gets. Boy, folks, if this is as good as, as it gets, you've been sold a bill of goods. This is not as good as it gets. We don't know when, but Jesus is coming back. And he's going to take care of all those things that have persecuted you and all those situations. Don't you worry about it. He can handle it a whole lot better than you can. He's better than Moses was at messing with the Egyptians. By the time God was finished with the Egyptians, they were begging the people of Israel to leave down. Amen? Moses didn't liberate a single Israeli, did he? No. Doing it his way. But when God starts liberating, he makes it happen. So, we need to pray against deceptions. People that are, these deceptions that if you're suffering, if you're going through and it's your own, own fault and you're out of step with Jesus, make sure that you're right with the Lord. And we need to pray for people because people are being deceived today right now. There's a massive wave of deception. Satan has not changed his technique since the first day in the garden. He questions what God says. He misquotes what God said. And ensnares people when they're confused about it. There's deceptions out there of all kinds, and we've talked about it many times before. We need to pray for when you hear of a brother or sister that's being swallowed up by deceptive things that are not true, they're not Bible, you need to pray for them. Chances are sometimes they won't listen to you. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> I've talked and talked and talked and talked and talked to people. I don't remember convincing them. But then I started praying for them. They began to come around. Because I can't change their mind, but God can get them while they're asleep. He can get them when they're just walking along. And say, that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and, and so we need to pray. We need to pray for those who are going through it. That they hold the course. They let God handle the revenge part. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. He's not franchised that out to you or to me. Then we also need to pray for those that are deceiving others, for the deceptions that are out there. I'll be talking about one tonight. We're starting our, our study in the Gospel of John in the evening class. And uh, we're in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, that's not what this translation says. This is the New World Translation by the Jehovah's Witness. Let me read it for you. I thought my Bible had fine print. This has ultra fine. Let me read what it says here. John chapter 1. This is how they translate it. In the beginning 
the Word was, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a small g God. A God. Not the God. Jesus wasn't God made flesh. He was just another God. And you talk to him and say, well, you know, that just, that's the way, it, no, that's not what the Greek says. I know, I know the Greek here. I had to study this. We did the whole Gospel of John in Greek. I studied that to, and for a whole year. And uh, the, the aspect is, there is no A in there. And there's no small g. Greek is not delineated in that way. It's the same word God. He was with God and he was a God. It's the same word. And they translated it so that Jesus wasn't the Son of God. He wasn't God. He wasn't deity. And also, it's false t teaching from another dimension. Let's see, I thought there was only one true God. Isn't what the Bible says? Isn't that what the Jehovah's Witness teach? It's just one God. It's just you created another one. Well, and if you ever talk to a Jehovah's Witness about it, they'll deny it all day long, but it's in their Bible, not mine. That they've created a small g God out of Jesus. That's polygamy. Not polygamy. What is it? What it is? Polygamy's double marriage. Uh, polytheism, sorry. Polytheism. Well, they're married to the wrong thing. <laughs> but polytheism, many gods. You see, there's deceptions out there. People are, it's just one letter and a capitalization. And they have denied Jesus as Savior, Lord, and God through deception. We need to pray against deceptions today. Well, what's the harm? I mean, they're doing good work, you know, they're dedicated. Well, the devil's dedicated. I mean, he's on the job 24-7. Dedication does not mean right or righteous. But well, we have to stop there today. We, uh, we have a little bit to pray about. But when you start focusing on the things you're going through, break out a hymnal, break out your phone, and start turning to some songs to get your focus back on what's happening next. Jesus is coming again. Uh, there was an old song I heard, old chorus. I, I think I sung here before, but it goes like this. He's coming back, he said he would. He's coming back again. Oh, praise his holy name. He's coming back again. He's coming back, he said he would. He's coming back again. Praise his holy name. He'll split the sky, he'll lift me up. He's coming back again. Oh, praise his holy name. He's coming back again. He'll split the sky, he'll lift me up. He's coming back again. Praise his holy name. Nobody sang along. Okay, nobody knows that. It's a sure sign. I've lost my mind. Okay. All righty.
singing to myself. All righty, there you go. Okay. Uh, prayer request. I have one that uh, came in and I haven't read it yet. Uh, pray for our 93-year-old neighbor. Uh, Midge has been sick, not eating or drinking, only going from bed to chair to sleep for over a week. Does not want to go to the doctor, hospital, etc. Her guardian, caregiver, friend, and this person has been checking on her every day. When it's suggested by us to go to the doctor, she says she refuses. She is a Christian, but uh, asking prayer for her, uh, for her neighbor, Midge. Who is that from? Pam. Yes.
and all of a sudden it dawned on them that he didn't come up. Mm. 48 years old. Mm. Wow. Uh, but my was grieving because Matt did not know the Lord. We have had conversation years ago about it, but uh, there's no evidence. And the family is, is uh, mourning we're going to a memorial on Sunday. Uh, but the, it's the Bear family. Matt was, was just, a, just a great young man. Uh, but his whole family leaves a wife and a nine-year-old boy. And, uh, mom and dad and a grandmother and a brother and nephews. A lot of family. So, Matt Bear's family. Matt Bear's family. Yeah. Praise God. Yes? I'm asking for prayer for me and my family. Okay. Your family. God knows what the need is. Amen. Yeah. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Prime Minister said they're close to having some kind of treaty in <laughs> Israel and Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Okay. <laughs> yes. Our grandson has Jacob has uh, COVID. Hmm. Came to church last Sunday, but he wouldn't come in. I'm glad he did. But uh, anyway, he's working all week, but he's sick. Hmm. Oh boy. And still bouncing back from her bout with it. Yeah. My grandson has COVID also. <clears throat> Well, let's go to prayer. Could I have several lead us out in prayer today? And uh, let's pray for, if you know of somebody that's just kind of going through it, we've had several illustrations of it, and families that are going through it, they love the Lord, they're, they're trying to serve the Lord, but they're going through it. Let's do what Paul did for the Thessalonian believers. Several lead us out in a word of prayer, and then I'll close in just a little bit. Dear Lord Jesus, we truly thank you for your goodness, kindness, and mercy. That you did Lord, for the prayers of the saints all are coming up for you, Lord. Thank you for the man of God, Lord, that looks after our souls, Lord. Put a hedge around about him, Lord, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Put down upon his companion, Lord. Helper and guide her, Lord. Mighty God, look down upon the rulers of this nation. Dear Lord, it, it, it's hard to pray for them, Lord, but your word says pray for those um, rule over you. So I thank you for your goodness and your love, Lord. I thank you for the many, 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 many blessings you bestowed upon your people, Lord. We are my blessed people, Lord. Even though we go through times of turmoil, Lord, look up. Look up for our redemption. Thank you. Thank you for our redemption. In Jesus' name, that wonderful, wonderful name. We give you back to Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus. Thank you,
we praise you for that. We thank you that you are available to us day and night, anytime. Lord, there's so many that are hurting, that need a touch, have needs, and we pray, Lord, that you will speak peace into that situation, and Lord, just be a comfort and surround them, Lord, with your love, and let them know that you are there for them. Lord, we, we thank you that you hear and answer prayer, sometimes so quickly that it, it just, we can't believe it's happened. But Lord, sometimes it takes time. And Lord, help us to just keep knocking and believing. Lord, we have loved ones that that are not in that land's book of life. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to send someone somewhere their way. Lord, we just thank you for Joe and, and what he means to Sally. We pray, Lord, that with this brain tumor, Lord, you if it's your will, you can shrink it. You can make it go away. But Lord, I pray that through it, that he will know a Savior. God, we thank you for Matt's life. We pray, Lord, that you will be with his family. Draw near to them as they Father, give it to us afresh 
by your Holy Spirit today that we would focus not upon the attacks but upon the fact that you'll handle it and that Jesus is coming again. Yeah. Father, we praise you that we know for a fact of our relationship with you through Jesus Christ. That our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Father, we desire for others to come to that saving knowledge. Our unsaved loved ones, the acquaintances, families, friends, neighbors, work associates, whatever, that don't know you, Father, we've not given up on them because you've not given up on them. You're not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So, Father, help us to be that light in a darkened world. Help us to be that flickering candle amidst the darkness of evil. Father God, you would use us as a light to direct people to you. Not to us, to you. We pray, Father, for the unspoken requests, the family needs of our sister. We pray for situations that hands were lifted with unspoken requests. We do pray for the healings that are needed for situations from Patsy to to Joe, to others that need a healing touch in their bodies that are ravaged by disease or pain. We pray, Father, that you would just speak to those diseases, those conditions, and speak healing and wholeness. We ask, Father God, that you would be with our class tonight as we embark on a study of the Gospel of John that you would speak fresh truth to our hearts from your word. That it would be exactly what we need, exactly what we're hungry for. We pray, Father God, for your hand to go with us as we leave this place. Let our light so shine among men that they may see the good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. We praise you for it, Father. Yes. But most of all, we're thankful. Jesus is coming. We pray it in his name. Amen.
friends with somebody. Thank you. 
Yeah, not just they just handed it over to him because he goes yes. there and then they like Yeah, he it. handed the he handed it right. But I think they, they met Monday night. So just keep praying that Yeah, he's showing the house tonight. Well, he has stuff on for the royal term. There's a showing tonight at 7, between 7 and 8, so right about that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, we, 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 this, uh, oh, 